0: Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer.
1: Okay, before I get to my next guest, Tom Percher, I want to remind you about a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Adele Golf. Is your driver adjustable? Of course it is. How about your irons? Didn't think so. Adele's new SMS irons give you adjustability in an iron to match your swing. These new irons come with three weights lined up across the back of the club, By moving the heavyweight to the heel, center, or toe location, you can match the club to your swing instead of vice versa. The result? Total control of the club face for more distance and accuracy. Your irons can't do this. Check them out online by going to adelgolf.com. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment, maybe a new driver? Well, let me reset your thinking because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented Squares toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour and an average of 9 yards of distance. Independent testing proves it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to Squares.com, get the Squares 30-day money-back guarantee, and use promo code DISTANCE to get $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. Squares, the distance golf shoe. Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is PGA Tour legend Tom Pertzer. Tom's become a wonderful friend of the show over the last couple of years. Let me remind you about his background. He's from Des Moines, Iowa, played his college golf at Arizona State from 1970 to '73 and turned pro later that year in 73. Got his first PGA Tour victory at the 1977 Glen Campbell Los Angeles Open by one stroke over Lanny Watkins. Tom won five times on the PGA Tour and four more times out on the Champions Tour. In all, he has 15 professional wins. And as most of you all know, Tom has always been known as having one of the sweetest swings in the history of the PGA Tour. And it's a huge thrill to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey Tom, thanks for coming back on the show.
2: Great, Chris. How are you doing?
1: I'm fantastic, thank you. And hey, Tom Patry passes along his hello.
2: You know, TP is worth the price of admission. <clears throat> I love listening to your <laughs> show, especially, especially TP's. You know, he's so spot on just about everything he says, and uh, it's just fun to fun to listen to you guys banter back and forth and. He's got great knowledge, that's for sure. Yes, he does.
1: Tom, it's been about six months since we got to have you as part of the show. What's been going on with you so far this summer?
2: Um, not much. I did a little, went up to Steamboat Springs, to a little uh, golf school with my brother. He's teaching up there uh, this summer. you you you, you got to get out of Phoenix in the summer, like so bad, <laughs> One, 110 today, and it's I don't know. It's, it's brutal, but um, just and um, <laughs> I, I've kind of ventured off of the golf thing. I'm I'm taking a real estate school, so got a couple of buddies that have talked to me about doing that. So you know, that I'm I'm old enough now to where I'm I'm, I'm finally figuring out that uh, my my best golf days are behind me. Even though I still go hit balls a lot you know, trying to always get better. But, you know, the age thing kind of taking a toll.
1: Tom, you mentioned your brother, Paul, and I want to go back to when you guys were kids because you guys both played baseball, basketball, and football. Your father was a good golfer. I read that he was a two or three handicap. So how did you guys end up playing golf over the other sports? Was it through the influence of your father?
2: Yeah, um, that had a big part of it for sure. Uh, He was he was a great man uh very principled and stuff and um i just for me I, I love baseball i probably but at that time i liked baseball better than i liked golf but um it came to me when i uh after little league i i i skipped a couple leagues so I'm, now i'm I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13 playing with kids that are 15 and 16 and, you know, didn't get to play as much as I felt like I should have and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it just became to be, I I wanted to be my own manager. Uh, I I just, I didn't want to have to take orders from somebody else. I could go out and play golf and be by myself and work hard and, and, and see you know, fruits of labor, where, you know, playing right field wasn't exactly, I mean, not to say anything against right fielders, but, um, you know, that that just wasn't what I played baseball for. So, it, you know, it got to be where I just decided, you know, I like to be my own boss. And from that point on, it it worked out great.
1: Tom, fast-forwarding several years, you won the Arizona State Amateur in 1972. Talk about what it was like winning the biggest amateur event in your home state.
2: Well, you know that's kind of always huge. It's like winning the, you know the, like the Phoenix Open. I lived here and all that stuff. And for me back then, because my brother was older than I was, and he played, he was a great player. Um, but you know his amateur career was really good and. You know, there was a bunch of guys that I looked up to, uh, in the state of Arizona, Dr. Ed Updegraff and, uh, Howard Quiddy and my brother and Joe Porter, a bunch of guys that, you know, that I kind of looked up to at that point in time. And I, I'll never forget it was at Paradise Valley Country Club, which is an awesome, a great little golf course. And I was, I, don't, I was behind in so many matches until the finals. That it was, I had, it was a grind. Um, you know, it's just one of those deals where you, you, you know, in your career, it's one of the things that you'd like to have a, a, in your, in, in your repertoire of, of, tournaments that you've won. You know, I, I never played in the Arizona Open until I was, I think it was the first time I played was 65 or something. Um, I kind of felt like that was, not really meant for tour players, but um, now I regret not having the Arizona Open as, as a you know one of the one of my wins. But um, you know, anytime you're playing around your 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 home in your home state and where your parents can watch, friends can watch it, it's a big deal.
1: Tom, you mentioned the word grind, and you had to go through Q school a few times. How did trying to get through Q school compare to playing out on tour, both in nerves and difficulty to try to make
2: it all the way through? Yeah, the tour school, as, as what, I think Max has been through it what, 17 times or something, but, you know, that's the grind of all grind. You know that you've got one week and if you don't play good that week, you're you're off for a whole year. I mean, obviously now there's a lot more opportunities for young players to play but back then it was you either win i mean you either get one of the spots or you're done for the year and if my school back then we had two schools and i missed the first school i ever tried and then uh played in far east tour and then came home and and um got into the made it through the next tour school so it's a it's just a it's something that nobody really wants to go through but um, i mean there were thirteen cards the year that that I got through, and man if you're not one of those thirteen you're you're out of luck for a whole year so it's just it's it's a grind i remember i i had a <clears throat> i went to a a class at my friend he he came he came to be one of my best friends uh Ed Grant had this thing called um subconscious golf it was uh it was really about self talk you know and what you say to yourself on the golf course <laughs> and, and i pretty much pretty much all golfers can relate to you know self talk and whether it's going to help you or hurt you and that before then before I went to that class, it was always hurting you know i was um i was always Giving myself grief about shots that I hit and stuff. But after that, um, I set some goals and I think I finished second in the school. Um, and I, you know, I attribute it to entirely to that class that I took on subconscious golf. Um, so that was a big, big change for me. And it, you know, it was always. For me, it was always a struggle trying to keep myself talking Jack.
1: Let's fast forward a few years to 1977, and you went into the final round of the Tournament of Champions tied with Jack Nicholas. What was it like going head-to-head with Jack in the final round of that tournament?
2: <laughs> well, Chris, do you think I was a little bit nervous? You know, playing with the greatest. <laughs> and, you know, and I had played with him... Um, I think I played with him at Hilton Head. And I can't remember if that was before or after, but he, you know, he couldn't have been nicer. I mean, he was class guy, you know, not much, not much talk, but, um, you know, if I hit a good shot, it was a good shot. And, you know, just, I was kind of mesmerized just being, you know, thinking to myself, good grief, I'm playing with the greatest player of all time. Um, you know, so that that was that was a little distracting. But um, you know, he was always 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 nice to me. And um you know, I think I shot might have shot one over, two over the last day and he shot uh, I think he shot I don't know, three or four under. So I ended up losing by I think I lost by two or three. Um so I had my, you know, I had my chance. I remember coming down the last few holes and, and making a couple of bogeys that, that hurt. But, um, you know, it was just a, it, it, it was just such an experience to be able to play with him. Uh, and you know, and I, I feel, you know, I got to say something about Mr. Weisskauff. Um, I, I mourned his passing. or two weeks, whatever, but you know, Tom was one of the, you know, he was he was I don't know what the word is, but um, he was so nice to me. Even when I first came out on tour, but which is a little unusual. Uh, A lot of the guys weren't um, endearing to the to the, you know, the new guys coming out on tour, but Tom was always, always nice to me. And I think he had some, I think he, I think he had respect for, you know, the way I swung the club. I, he was a big, um, he, he loved, he loved tradition, history. And, um, I remember playing before I even got on tour. I must have been like in college. I had a chance to play at part I saw a country club with he and JC Snead and Ed Snead. And, um, you know, I just remember the thing that stuck out, he was so, um, so nice and so encouraging to me, um, uh, that, you know, I'll never forget that, you know, one of the darkest moments I had on the golf course was I, I got paired with him at, uh, Augusta first round. And I, he, I was part of the 13 on the 12th hole. Um you know, that, that sticks out to me as one of the really dark moments of, you know, cause he was always in, the, in, in contention at Augusta every year. And to think that, you know, that wasn't going to happen now that just because of that one hole. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of great memories about Tom, but to go back to Jack, I mean, you know, um, uh, he just, he just couldn't have been nicer and, and, uh, and, you know, it's fun to watch him win, It's always. Tom, I
1: want to get your thoughts on what we're seeing going on right now in the game of golf between the PGA Tour and Live Golf. This is the biggest disruption in the game in my lifetime. What are your thoughts about what you're seeing right now?
2: Mine too, Chris. I, I, um, you know, it's just, it's not good for professional golf. I don't think it's good for, and you know, they keep saying, oh, we're trying to grow the game. uh you know, more free time away from golf at home with family and stuff. You know, that's all hogwash. It's just, it's a money grab. It's an exhibition tour and a money grab. Tom K.P. had it right. Everything he said about, you know, you you find out who plays for championships and who plays for money. You know, all these kids, I feel bad for all these kids, you know, and I blame it on the, their leader. Um Who, you know, the tour is never going to negotiate with him. Uh, you know, he's tried to do this before. He tried to, in the early 90s, he he wanted to take, you know, 30 of the best players on the PGA tour and start to start another league. Um, and, you know, all the players shut him down. Um, and it was, you know, it was obviously not as big a deal than it is now, but, you know, now he's, got all this money to throw at these young kids I just feel bad for these young kids because you can't really say you can't really you know say that the kids are are doing something wrong I mean if somebody throws that much money in your face and go hey come on over here and play eight times a year for this amount of money or 14 years 14 times next year and you know I guarantee he's telling everybody hey you'll be able to play and PGA tour events and, you know, that they can't, they can't kick you off of the tour and this and that. I guarantee you that's what he told them. And, um, you know, I was kind of glad to see, uh, you know, and I don't know whether glad to see is the right word, but when those kids didn't get to play in the, you know, down the stretch here in the Schwab, I mean, in the not the Schwab cup, but the FedEx cup, um, you know, so I, I just, I blame everything on him. Um, and it's just unfortunate that they these kids are being tempted by this huge amount of money. I, you know, this thing today, all these great players that are supposed to sign up for live. I don't see it. Um, obviously Cam, but you know what? Somebody's going to take Cam's place. Um, really did anybody, has anybody ever heard of Cam Smith? Um, three or four years ago? I don't think so. Right. You know, I, um, so, so there's going to be somebody that's going to come in there and, and fill his shoes. I was so happy to see Hideki not, you know, and 400 million, that's the word that, that's the number that I heard. 400 million. How do you, <laughs> that really shows his, you know, his, his want for a legacy. Um, and I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that he, that he didn't, uh, take the money, but you know, it just shows that there are some, some, some guys with some, with some, I don't know what you, I don't want to say, but you know, to me, you know, there's only one guy that I really enjoyed watching that's playing live and that's Louis. You know, I watched, I yeah. love watching him swing the club. Um, and you know, so that's, that's a little disheartening to see that he went. But again, it's all about the money. And I I wish that just one guy. I saw where Cam today said it was about the money. I just wish one of these guys would say, you know, I did it for the money. And that and we all know that that if if there wasn't money involved, there, you know, this a million, hundred millions of dollars, would anybody be playing live? No, no, absolutely not. They'd be playing PGA Tour. So, you know, to finish what you said, and TP said it the best. Um, you know, it's whether you play for championships or whether you play for money. And in this day and age, you know, and I, I get on Facebook and I read, you know, these some of these guys that um, you know talk about. Oh, well, you know, you would have done it for the money, and um, I don't know. I can't. I tell you. That I wouldn't have, but I would have liked to think that I wouldn't have. I would have liked to thought that, hey, I'm I play, I, I want to win tournament. I want to win PGA. I grew up, I grew up, um, you know, thinking in the back of my mind, I want to play the PGA tour. You know, of course, Lib was not around there, but around back then. But you know, that that was my focus. My focus was, and I guarantee you that. But all these young kids coming out of college, you know, that's what they want to do too. Um, but now with the money grab, it, it, it's changed and it's changed, I think, professional golf forever. Um, you know, the, there's so many, you know, like TP said, you know, this shotgun starts my, my club championship here in, in Scottsdale. They send everybody off the first team. And, you know, I, right? I, 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 oh yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. Well, I mean, you know, like championship flight. If you're in, if you're, if you're in the championship flight for the club championship air, everybody goes off the first day. It's not a, it's not a shotgun start. Um, but you know, I, I, again, the, the guys that left today, uh, I'm a little disappointed in Harold, Harold Reiner. I thought, I know Michael, I think Michael Jordan told him, you know, Hey, don't take, don't go for the money kids, you know, that you're going to get. 100 million or 10 million or whatever it is to play in, you know, a few golf tournaments. And I still think that though all these players are being told that, hey, we're going to win this suit against the PGA tour and you'll be back playing the PGA tour. So, you know, I don't know. There's so many, you know, and I haven't seen any, I haven't seen anything on drug testing. Are they going to drug test live or, or what? So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's frustrating because uh, of the money, you know, there's just so much money being thrown at these young kids. I just feel bad for them. Well, I feel bad. I feel good for them because they're going to, they're getting all this money, but at the same time, they're going to miss out on playing for, you know, championships that, that means something.
1: Tom on this same topic. And you say that you would like to think that you wouldn't have gone. But if other players had gone, and this had happened in the 80s and the 90s when you're playing out on tour, but they had the opportunity to come back and play on the PGA Tour sometimes. Maybe it's just in the majors. You see a guy that you kind of were acquainted with, left the PGA Tour, took all the money, and went over to live, and now you're paired with that person in a U.S. Open or a PGA Championship. What would that have been like for you? Would you have been welcoming him back and, you know, everything is just as it would have been otherwise or would that have been a difficult thing for you to, to deal with?
2: Well, it would be, there's such a divide in professional golf right now. That's the thing. That's the thing that really irks me the most. I mean, you know, up until this live thing, I thought that the PGA tour was in the best shape it's ever been. I still think it's in great shape. Um, but, uh, you know, there were so many good young kids that they were good guys and they played great golf. Um, and you know, you watch them and there's so much camaraderie. You know, they're when, when some when one of those young kids wins, all their buddies are at the 18th green going, Hey, way to go, you know, high five and fist pump and stuff. Um, so that has kind of gone away a little bit, I think. Um, well, actually, even I think it's more so now. You know, non live player versus live player. Um, you know, it's gotta be, gotta be disconcerting. Uh, it's, it's in the back of every player's mind now, whether you're a live guy or whether you're a PGA Tour guy. I mean, that's, it's just an incredible divide. It's like TP said, it's like the world we live in. There's such a divide right now about the life, about, the way our country's going and it's it's filtered into the PJ tour. And you know, it's you know, I I I just I blame it on one guy. That's you know, it's disconcerting. You know, I can't tell you if I would have gone. I, I'm uh, obviously you, you know the money is, is a is a huge kicker, but you know, for these guys, they're all you know, they're all, they're not going to have to worry about money for the rest of their lives playing the tour. They've got great, uh, pension plans, you know, and, and they played for so much money. If you played good at all, you've, you've got your, you've got the rest of your life made. Um, so what do you do, you know, to buy a bigger boat, buy a fancier car? Is that what it's all about? Um, I, and just, uh, I, I, again, the thing I, thing that gets me the most, I just feel bad for all these young kids that are getting, you know, their opportunity to fulfill their dreams of winning PGA Tour tournaments it is is kind of taking it in the shorts.
1: Tom, before I let you go, remind our listeners, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether that's following you online or somewhere on social media?
2: Well, I'm LinkedIn, uh, uh, on Facebook. Um, I don't do Twitter. Um, so that, that's about it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to spend less time on Facebook. Seems like, seems like that's kind of taken over. But, uh, anyway, uh, tell Bob and, and Bruce. Bruce was always such a great guy to me too. We played a lot of rounds together. Um, on the PGA Tour, and he was always always a great guy and fun to watch and a great player. So tell those guys I said hi, and TP, give my best to TP. And, Chris, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, It's the the best golf show going.
1: Well, thank you for that, Tom. It certainly means a great deal to me, as do you. Take care, my friend. All the best, Junior family. I look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Okay, Chris. Thanks. See you, Tom. That is the great Tom Pertzer, and you want to talk about just one of the great human beings on the planet. And then on top of that, a guy who had a golf swing that has been sought after and praised for many decades now. I can like I say on top of uh, Ben Hogan, it might be the most sought after golf swing in the history of the game and just a wonderful human being. I could listen to Tom tell stories all night long. I love having him as part of the show, a guy who's become very important to me over the last few years. And I certainly am looking forward to catching up with him again real soon.
0: You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Camp
2: Margaritaville RV
0: Resort,
1: where you can just breathe in and breathe out. Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Finns Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com.